Good morning, Wright County, and a blessed Sunday morning to you. Thank you for tuning in to the Faith Lutheran Church Gospel Hour. My name is Paul Nickel. I'm pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Monticello, Minnesota. We are on the airwaves this morning to share a Christ-focused, cross-centered message of hope for a world in crisis. Jesus died for you so that you might live for him. We begin our radio worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first reading for this Sunday comes from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. Mark writes, And when Jesus, along with Peter, James, and John, came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and the scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed, and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, What are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute, and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him, and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But when Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. In that story, notice the faith of the Father. At first, the father was unsure if Jesus was able to help him. But then he took the leap of faith. 
he cast himself upon the mercy of Christ. He cried out with a faith that clung desperately to the promise of Jesus' salvation, even as his faith recognized its own poverty. I believe. Help my unbelief. What a beautiful prayer. And then there was the love of Christ. Our Lord always responds to the prayer of faith, no matter how small or how humble that faith might be. As the Bible says, a bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. In love, our Lord responded to the Father's prayer of faith. In love, Jesus healed his boy. The psalm for today is Psalm 61. This is a psalm of David. Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So will I ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. Shall we pray? Our God and our Father, in the name of Jesus we call upon you. God, be our refuge and our strong tower. For Jesus' sake, deliver us from sin, death, and the devil. Lord, you know all the needs of our bodies and souls. You know all that we need, even before we ask you. Therefore, on this day, we simply commend ourselves into your care. Now and always, may your will be done, in us and through us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. If you were walking down the street, and a stranger came up and asked you, What does it mean to be a Christian? How would you respond? What would you say? What does it really mean to be a Christian? Two thousand years ago, a brand new church at a place called Galatia got mixed up in its answer to that question. On one of his missionary journeys, the Apostle Paul had come and preached the gospel to the Galatians. The Apostle Paul had taught them what it means to be a Christian. But then, after Paul had left, new preachers came in, and these new preachers started proclaiming a strange and a false gospel. Among other things, 
these new preachers started telling the Galatians a lie, that they had to undergo a ritual called circumcision in order to become Christians. And the Galatians started trusting these false preachers. They were taken in. They started making a big deal out of the ritual of circumcision. When the Apostle Paul heard what was going on, he blew a gasket. He wrote a loving yet stinging letter of rebuke to the church he had planted. The point of the letter was to remind the Galatians once again what it really means to be a Christian. I'm going to read now a single verse from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Galatians. This is Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. In that verse, Paul writes, In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. What does it mean to be a Christian? Two words, faith and love. Being a Christian isn't about circumcision. You can be circumcised and be a Christian, or you can be uncircumcised and still be a Christian. It just doesn't matter to your identity in Christ. What does matter is nothing more and nothing less than faith working through love. Let's talk for a moment about these two things that are the essence of Christian life, faith and love. What does it mean to have faith? Well, on one level, to have faith means to accept as true certain claims about God. The claims we must accept as true are those which are written in the Bible and summarized in the Apostles' Creed. For example, we must accept as true the biblical claim that God the Father Almighty created heaven and earth. And we must accept as true the biblical claim that Jesus Christ is God's only Son, our Lord, that he was born of the Virgin Mary, that he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, that he descended into hell, that on the third day he rose again, that he ascended into heaven, that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, that he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And we must accept as true the biblical claim that the Holy Spirit gathers the saints into the fellowship of the Holy Christian Church, that within this Christian Church God forgives sin, that our bodies will one day be raised from the dead, and that everlasting life in heaven is real. These statements communicate the basic truth claims of Christianity. To have faith means to accept these claims as true. But faith means far more than mere knowledge, far more than mere intellectual agreement with a certain set 
of facts. Faith requires not only a knowledge about God, but also a personal trust in God. Here is what I mean. Faith means not only accepting the reality that God exists, but also trusting that the God who does exist is a God who loves you. Faith means not only accepting the reality that Jesus died on the cross, but also trusting that Jesus' death on the cross takes away your sins. Faith means not only accepting the reality that the Holy Spirit is a real and divine person, but also trusting that the Holy Spirit lives in your heart. Do you see what I mean? If you have faith in God, then you know about God with your mind, but you also trust in God with your heart. Martin Luther once said, Faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace, so sure and certain that a believer would stake his life on it a thousand times. Let me ask you a very serious question. Do you have faith in God? Do you have a living, daring confidence in God's grace, so sure and certain that you would stake your life on it a thousand times? Do you have that kind of faith? It's a serious question, because faith is how we receive God's salvation. The Bible says, by grace you have been saved through faith. And faith is how we become acceptable in God's sight. The Bible says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Faith, it's what makes a Christian. And if you want to have the kind of faith that makes a Christian, if you want to start living with a daring confidence in God's grace even today, then let's pause right here and right now and ask Jesus to give us the power to believe. Let's pray a very simple prayer together. This prayer comes from the gospel reading I shared a moment ago. It's a good prayer for any person who desires an increase of faith. The prayer goes like this. Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. Would you pray that prayer with me now? Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. That prayer means, Jesus, I trust you as my Lord and Savior. But Jesus, I also know that I need to trust you more and more with greater and deeper and more profound commitment in every area of my life. Jesus, give me faith. Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. It's a good thing to pray for the gift of faith, because faith is the foundation of the Christian life. But please know that Christian faith 
never exists by itself. Christian faith always has a partner. You see, Christian faith always goes hand in hand with something called love. Remember what the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 5-6? What counts is faith working through love. Faith and love always go together. They cannot be separated. A Christian is a man or a woman of faith and also a man or a woman of love, someone who works to serve and to do good to others. Now, let's be 110% clear about one thing. You are not saved by the works of love you perform. The Bible says that you are saved by God's grace alone through faith alone, in Christ alone. But genuine faith never fails to express itself in works of love. You might say that love is a consequence or a result or a sign of faith. Once again, you are not saved by the works of love you perform. But if you do have faith, then works of love will indeed be performed, not in order to win salvation, but in order to build up your neighbor. The Bible says, faith without works is dead. And Jesus says, by this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And the Apostle Paul says, the only thing that counts is faith. But what kind of faith? Faith that works through love. Now, when the Bible speaks about love, it doesn't mean a smarmy Valentine's Day kind of emotion. When the Bible speaks of love, it means a God-inspired force which compels people to reach out and to do good on behalf of other people. Christian love is not romantic feeling or sappy poetry. On the contrary, Christian love is decisive action. The Bible says, Let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And the great example of Christian love, our role model for living the life of Christian love, is none other than the crucified Lord himself. Jesus says, As I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And when I think about the love of Christ, which is the model for the love of every Christ follower, there are many attributes which we could discuss. For now, let me name three especially relevant characteristics of Jesus' love. First, Christ loved us with a sacrificial love. On the cross, Jesus laid down his life to save us from our sins. We Christians are to practice that same kind of sacrificial love the kind of love that is willing to give up time, money, and even life itself to serve other people and to seek their well-being. 
the Bible says we also ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Second, Christ loved his enemies. From the cross, Christ prayed even on behalf of those who were in the act of crucifying him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We too are to love and to forgive and to pray for those who do us harm. The Bible says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Third, Christ loved us with an enduring and persistent love, a love that went the whole nine yards, a love that was willing to play four quarters and even go into overtime. From the cradle of Bethlehem to the cross of Calvary and beyond, Jesus never stopped loving us. His every thought, word, and deed was an expression of love. Day in and day out, Jesus never gave up on loving. The Bible says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Christian love is an enduring love, a love that just doesn't quit, a love that keeps at it, a love that is patient and long-suffering, a love that serves spouse and children, family and friends, neighbors and co-workers, day after day, week after week, year after year, loving and serving till the cows come home, and then loving and serving some more. Now this kind of love may sound like a superhuman ideal, and if we were left to our own devices, it would be. If we were left to our own devices, we would never be able even to begin to love like God wants us to love. But here's the deal. God does not leave us to our own devices. For when you come to faith in Christ, then God sends the Holy Spirit into your heart, and the Holy Spirit starts to work within you. The Holy Spirit starts to bring forth the fruit of love from your heart, and by the Spirit's power, you begin to love like Christ. I'm not saying you will love with perfection this side of paradise. You won't. But by God's grace and by God's power, you can definitely make a good start. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love. And the Bible says we love because he first loved us. So what does it mean to be a Christian? At the end of the day, it's not about circumcision. It's not about uncircumcision. At the end of the day, being a Christian is all about faith, working through love. I close this sermon with a prayer from the book of Ephesians. And now, according to the riches of his glory, may God grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, that surpasses knowledge, that you 
may be filled with all the fullness of God. In Jesus' name, amen. It's time now for a hymn. My faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now hear me while I pray, take all my guilt away. Oh, let me from this day be wholly thine. May thy rich grace impart strength to my fainting heart, my zeal inspire, as thou hast died for me. Oh, may my love to thee, pure, warm, and changeless be, a living fire. While life's dark maze I tread, and griefs around me spread, be thou my guide, bid darkness turn to day, wipe sorrow's tears away, nor let me ever stray from thee aside. When life's transient dream, when death's cold, sullen stream shall over me roll, blessed Saviour, then in love, fear, and distrust remove, O oh, bear me safe above, a ransomed soul. Would you please join with me as we confess our Christian faith according to the words of the Apostles' Creed? We confess. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now we pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Faith Lutheran Church Gospel Hour. Our mission is to bring you a Christ-focused, cross-centered message of hope for a world in crisis. In John 14:6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Have you accepted Jesus Christ by faith as your personal Lord and Savior? 
If you would like to learn more about how to receive Jesus into your heart, please call Faith Lutheran Church in Monticello, Minnesota at 763-878-2092. Again, please call Faith Lutheran Church at 763-878-2092. I would also like to invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Right now, to help us all stay safe during the virus, we're worshiping outside. From 10 to 10.30, we are tuning in together to the Faith Lutheran Church Gospel Hour. Then, from 10.30 to 11, we are sharing a time of live and in-person scripture, prayer, and fellowship. Please come join us. We're located in Silver Creek Township, just north of Lake Mariah State Park, at 12449 Clementa Avenue Northwest. Google search Faith Lutheran Church Monticello to find our website or Facebook page. This has been Pastor Paul Nickel from Faith Lutheran Church. I'm signing off the airwaves for now, but remember this, the one thing that counts is faith working through love.